In May of 2012, um, I went to the doctor because I had athlete's foot. It's kind of embarrassing to talk about, but anyway, I had athlete's foot. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor prescribed me some, you know, Medicaid ointment to put on my feet. And so um, I got the prescription. He also gave me, um, you know, an antibiotic to take along with it just to kill it off. So I got the prescription and everything, and about five days go by, and... I'm sitting in the office and I'm studying and getting prepared for a message that I was going to be speaking that night. And as I'm sitting in the office, again, it's in the middle of May, all of a sudden I begin to come down with cold sweats. I was freezing, but yet I was sweating. And I knew immediately that I needed to get to the doctor. So I, I, on my way to the car, I remember a sign that says, on the outside of the um, doctor's window, it said, bring all your medication to every single one of your doctor's appointments. So that way the doctor can look at them, right? So I remember thinking, you know, at the time, man, that's got to be sad because you see all those people with those grocery bags full of medicines and stuff they got to take in when they, you know, go see the doctor. At the time, I didn't think nothing of it. But as I was walking to the car, the Holy Spirit reminded me of that sign. So I got into my car and I grabbed my medicine and I went to the doctor and I at this point, you know, I'm barely able to walk. Everything's really fuzzy and my wife met me at the uh, at the doctor's office and he goes in and goes, "Man, what what's going on?" And I told him I said the athlete's foot's not clearing up and I'm just not feeling good. So he goes, "Let me see your medicine." And he looked at the medicine and he says, "This isn't the medicine I prescribed you." And I said, "Well, it has my name on it." He looked a little bit closer. It was the same name, but different addresses. The pharmacy gave me somebody else's medicine, and the athlete's foot had got, that infection had got into my bloodstream and made me sick. So immediately, I was rushed to the hospital. I get to the hospital, and within about two hours, I was sent into intensive care. I was in intensive care uh, for about a week. And it, it was pretty rough. I mean, I could barely get up and walk around. I was told if I had waited 24 hours, I would have been dead. Um, you know, long story short, it was nine weeks of physical therapy to be able to, you know, fully function with my legs and everything again. And then another trip, another week in the hospital after that. And it was a really tough time. And God brought me through a lot. But my focus was on me and what I was going through. And because of that, something began to happen within me, and I didn't recognize it at the time. I felt, again, I felt really weak, and I was going through some stuff at the business that we had, too. I mean, it, it was a pretty tough time in our life, and I remember laying on the couch because, honestly, after being out of the hospital, I could not sleep in the bed anymore. I couldn't sleep because in the middle of the night, I'd get up. I was restless. I was, uh, it was just, it was miserable. I went through it for really really long time several months and it wasn't until I'm laying on the couch I finally realized I'm depressed I was going through a state of depression I was grouchy I was hateful I was mean all the time and I remember laying there and saying man this is just terrible you know I don't know where to go from here you see my focus again was on me and what I was going through because I was so focused on me I missed out 
on what God was trying to tell me, what God was trying to show me. I missed out on just receiving the healing and thanking him for his healing and moving on. You see, here's the thing. Oftentimes in our lives, we get so focused on who we are that we miss out on so much. We get focused on what we're going through, the situations and things that we're facing. But if you look at the natural human body, you were never meant to focus on yourself. Your eyes are in front of your face, right at the top of your head. They're made to look, look out, to look in front of you. Yes, from time to time, you can you know, glance to the side to side or even glance behind you. But you were created to look ahead because if you look down at your body, you have a skewed perspective of what your body really looks like because you're looking down. It's not the natural look that everybody else sees. And see, I believe that God designed us that way because we were never meant to focus on ourselves. You see, I was going through that kind of that state of depression because I was so focused on what I was going through and what I was doing. And I remember so many times I tell people, yeah, I just got out of the hospital. They go, oh, wow, glad everything's okay. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I could have died. I would always just tell them the, the sad part of the story. And like, no, you really don't understand. And they're like, okay, glad God tell you. No, you don't understand. And see, again, I was bringing the focus back on me. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I was miserable not because I was sick. I was miserable, honestly, because I couldn't see past being sick. And oftentimes, a lot of people, the reason they're going through their life in misery, and they're always irritable and griping and complaining and grumbling, is because they're so focused on themselves, they can't see past where they currently are. About a year and a half ago, um, I went to the eye doctor because it's time to get a new prescription. And I went to the eye doctor, and as I went over there, I got these new prescription, got glasses and everything. I was looking good. I was all excited about it. But, you know, I put them on, and things were a little bit blurry. And that, honestly, that tends to happen. If you've wore glasses long enough, you you know that. And I, I put them on, and I knew that, you know, sometimes when you get new glasses, you're also going to have headaches, you know, for maybe a day or two just to get your eyes adjusted. It takes a little bit to get adjusted to the new prescription. Well, anyway, I, I put them on a warm for about a week, and I was like, man, this just does not seem right. And so I put my old glasses back on. I'm like, okay, well, now I can see. So I went back to the eye doctor, and uh, they said, yeah, let's let's look at this. Put the glasses on. So I put them on, and they said, you know, close your, your right eye. And I closed my right eye, and I could read the letters. and say, okay, close your left eye. And I closed my left eye, and they said, okay, now tell us what you can read. I honestly couldn't even read the big giant E that they have. And that's how off the prescription was. You know, and be honest with you, getting that bad prescription made me sick. I was getting nauseous, and that's why I couldn't handle it anymore. I was getting these massive headaches. And you see, here's the thing. Getting the wrong prescription made me sick. Having the wrong vision for your life will make you sick, and it will keep you sick. You know, maybe you feel like you're just going through the motions in life. Maybe it's because you need a new vision prescription. I remember laying on that couch in 2012, you know, thinking and praying, Lord, I know you have more for me. I know what I'm going through right now is not who I am. This is only temporary. But honestly, Father, I need you because I can't see where I'm going. I remember laying on that couch. I mean, me and my wife, our relationship wasn't doing so well, and it was because I was miserable. And when I said that, I remember Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says this. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, 
plans to give you hope and a future. You know, that's not just a feel-good saying. That's a glimpse of the vision for your life. It's the starting place that God has for you. I had to say, Lord, help me see myself the way you see me. Because at the time, again, all I could see is being sick. All I could see was where I was. Then the Lord brought to my remembrance Psalms chapter 37, verse 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every details of their lives. God wants to direct your steps. There was a king who had a daughter, a princess, and he was going to marry her off. And of course, there were several you know, neighboring kingdoms that had these princes that wanted to marry her. And the king says, okay, if you want to marry my daughter, you have to walk through the desert in a straight line to my palace. From your kingdom to my kingdom in a straight line. So the first prince started out. And he, keeping one foot in front of the other, looking down. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. Keeping his focus straight down. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. One step at a time. One step at a time. When he finally got to the palace, he looked around and he was way off course. He was nowhere near in a straight line. So he was out. The next prince set out and he was one foot in front of the other. He'd look ahead, one foot in front of the other, look from side to side, one foot in front of the other, side to side, look ahead, side to side, one foot in front of the other, side to side, one foot in front of the other. When he got to the palace, he too was way off. So he was out. There's no way he could marry the princess. It wasn't a straight line at all. This next prince started from his kingdom and walked in a straight line to the desert. Walked in a straight line. And finally he gets to the kingdom. And everybody's all excited and they're cheering. And they said, well, how did you do it? Because, I mean, he walked in a straight path, a straight line, step by step to the kingdom. So how did he do it? Well, he said, all I did was I kept my focus on the kingdom. I kept my focus on where I was going. You see, the prince had laser focus on where he was headed so he would not get off the path. You see, so many times when we're walking and even going in the direction that God wants us to go on, you know, we're trying so hard to focus. We look down, focus on what we're doing, focus on where we're headed. Instead, we end up going way off path. You know, we look at times in our lives where, yes, we look ahead, we know where we're going, but we look at other people. We look, wow, they're, they're a little bit further ahead, or we're, at least I'm ahead of them. You know, we look at, okay, what's going on in my life? Okay, we look side to side instead of just looking ahead to the Father, to the King of Kings. You know, in 1994, we had a big production, a big play. We had hundreds and hundreds of people come out to this play, and I was one of the characters in the play and you know it was you know real exciting night it was really pumped up you know the energy was there the night was at the end of the night you know everybody's excited we're there and I had a one of the missionaries from our church come up it's a missionary we support he comes up to me it's the first time I ever met met the guy he comes up to me and says good to meet you and this is what he told me 
straight out of his mouth. Seek God's face, not just his hand. I was like, okay. I just smiled and kind of nodded because, to be honest with you, you know, growing up in church, sometimes you get some some religious wackadoos that just kind of, you know, want to throw something spiritual out you at you and, you know, walk off. Well, he shook my hand and he said, seek God's face, not his hand. And he walked off. And I was like, okay, that was a little odd. You know, I talked to the rest of his family and all that was good. But I was like, okay, that was off. And a little strange. And I didn't really think nothing of it. Again, that was in 94. But God brought it back to my remembrance back in 2012. You see, because here's the thing. I was looking for God to show me what's in his hand, his healing for me. But I wasn't seeking his face. Most people look to God only to let go of what's in his hand, healing or money or bail us out of this relationship. But oftentimes we don't seek him for his face. We don't seek a relationship with him. We need to seek his face, focus on his face because he's where our future is. We can't just wait for God and always want God to bail us out. Yes, there are times where like, God, we need your help. But God's saying, look, look at my face. Be laser focused on who I am. And if you're laser focused on who I am, I will let go of what's in my hand. I think about my kids. If my kids just come to me and they want something and they're just looking at my hand for what I have in my hand instead of looking at my face, the relationship is not the same. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, it says, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He says, don't copy the behaviors of the world. But let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. You know, I have been wearing glasses for over 30 years and Every day, in fact, multiple times a day, I have to clean them. You know, sometimes I, to be honest with you, I kind of put it off. I, I go through my day and, you know, as I'm going along, my glasses get smudged with my own fingerprints. You know, they get dust and dirt on them. And when I clean them, honestly, things are a little bit clearer. The world got clearer. In fact, sometimes they're so bad, it's, it almost borderlines a miracle. That's how bad they are. And you see, here's the thing. Many of us have so much junk in our lives we've been living and we've been allowing our lives to be filled with junk and the circumstances of life that it clouds our vision it clouds our vision and we can't really see god's face because of everything we got going on here's the thing you can tell if your vision is cloudy if you just seem to be going through the motions of life you feel frustrated all the time you're irritable maybe snappy and honestly, you're just unhappy. You know, it's time to wipe off all the junk and look to the Father. Allow Him to renew our minds, to transform us into a new person. How? By asking Him to change the way we think. You know, we need to spend time praise and worshiping Him. You know, spend time with Him one-on-one. You know, just like I have to clean my glasses multiple times a day, I just can't clean them in the morning and go throughout my day and it'd be perfectly fine. But I got to clean them multiple times a day. We've got to clean our minds by spending time with Him multiple times a day. 
okay? Not just once, not just twice, maybe three, four, five, six, seven times. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be long and drawn out. That means just take a few moments every day. Say, Lord, lead me, guide me, direct me. Help me do what you want me to do, Father. Show me the path. Show me what you want for me. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 2. This is what it says. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. we got to write down what God tells us. Write down the vision that he has for us. You know, one of the things that I love about being in the next-gen ministry is being around kids. I mean, it's fun to watch them. I mean, they love to dream. Sometimes, honestly, those dreams can seem so far out there, but it doesn't matter. They are dreaming of what they want to be when they grow up. You know, maybe you're here and you've been going through the motions of life and you forgot how to dream in Him. Maybe you have the wrong prescription. You know, that's why you feel sick in life. It's time to get laser focused on Him. Begin to dream in Him. Begin to see things the way He sees them. Begin to ask Him to show you His will for your life. And when He does, write it down. You know, a lot of people have told me, yeah, you know, let's be honest. I go to, when I go to a restaurant and I see a waiter or waitress and, you know, they're trying to kind of show off and you tell them their order and they're not writing it down. Honestly, it makes me mad because no matter how good they are, sometimes they're going to, well, almost every time they're going to miss even the littlest things because they're trying to impress others with how much they remember. And sometimes we're like that. You know, we go to church and we, or we go through our lives and we try to memorize what somebody's saying. But listen, honestly, the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. If God's speaking to you, write it down. Write it down because guess what? You're going to forget and that's what the devil wants you to do. So when you start dreaming in him, write it down. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Write it down, okay? That tablet could be your, you know, your iPad, right? <laughs> so the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. On September 24, 2014, I wrote down a personal vision for who I want to be and how I plan to get there. And as I was preparing for this message, I found him. And this is what I wrote down. Number one, to be the man of God in every area of life. To be a man of God. I want God, I want God's love to shine through me, right? To be a godly husband. To be a loving father. I want to be compassionate towards others. I want to see others the way he sees them. And I want to see myself the way he sees me. And to help the local church grow. Now, be honest, all this stuff is going to take a lifetime, but that's okay, because now I'm going to be laser-focused on Him. And here's the thing. Sometimes, again, we have to clear our glasses, clear our minds, clear the junk out. You know, it's amazing when I look ahead, I can still see what's around me. Think about it. If you look ahead, you can even try it right now. You look straight ahead, you're focused on something in front of you. But that doesn't mean you can't see what else is around. You can see other things in your peripheral vision. You know, I'm oblivious, honestly, to what's happening. I'm not oblivious to what's happening around me. I can see those things, but I can still focus on what I need to focus on. Everything else beside me, around me, is kind of blurry because my focus is on what's ahead. 
In Psalms chapter 25, verse number 15, it says, My eyes are always on the Lord, for He rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Again, we've got to find our focus. We've got to keep our focus on Him. Not what we're going through, not what we're dealing with, but focus on Him and His promises and the things that He has for you. Seek His face, not just His hand. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. In other words, everything that's holding us back. It doesn't have to be sin. It could just be a hobby or things that we're so consumed with that are keeping us from our focus on Him. And it says, and especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So now there's a sin too. So if we're hanging on to sin, things that we're not letting go of, it says we need to let it go. It says, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Here's the thing. Take your eyes off the junk around you and focus on him. And the junk will just be a blurry background. And it'll be a blurry background that you're just going to pass on by. If there's one takeaway from this message, I want you to remember this. Seek his face, not just his hand, and he will work all things out for your good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Father. We sure do love you, Lord. We've all kind of allow our vision and things in life to get blurry. We've looked side to side we've even been so focused on ourselves we just really haven't been looking ahead in fact most of the time we just been talking to you it's just because we need something forgive us we thank you lord that you just help us to keep our eyes focused laser focused on you where we seek your face not just your hand lord we thank you jesus that you help us and you direct our path You lead us. You guide us. You help us to be all that you called us to be, Lord. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to see the people around us the way you see them. And Jesus, we want to be compassionate towards others, just like you are compassionate towards us. We thank you for it, Lord. We're passionate about serving you. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of the next-gen ministry, Lord, to change lives of boys and girls and teenagers and families. Lord, lead us, guide us, mold us, shape us. Lord, help us to do all that you called us to do and truly to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to say if this has been a blessing to you, if these have helped you, just, you know, shoot us an email, shoot us a text, you know, info at omegachurch.com. It would be a huge blessing just so we know we keep these things going. It's just great encouragement. And um, thank you all for everything you do for the body of Christ. 